Welcome to the Rated JG Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Gilly. Thank you all for tuning in. All right, everyone. Going in with uh, episode six with none other than Mr. Preston Scott, Mr. Preston Williamson. I've uh, been much requested, and finally our schedules lined up. Got him in the Podfather studio, so what's up, Mr. P. Scott? How you been? Dude, I'm the same as ever. I'm so, just, it's about time that you had me. I've been thinking that it wasn't going to happen. I didn't know. A man with your popularity, a cramped schedule, you know, I'm just glad yeah. I could fit it in. Uh-huh, Get in eight, where you fit in. That 8 to 5, and then I'm free. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> right that's it that is no. so man you uh you actually just recently relocated to some uh the what do you what do y'all call it your new house oh the super rad dad pad yes the super rad dad pad and that is exactly what you would envision when you hear that name the house is that's a pad yeah i mean no yeah. not necessarily because we only have dudes over so, well, I guess that's a bachelor pad. Yeah, for sure. Kinda. I've been there. It's nice, man. Pool table. Yeah. We try to get girls over, but it doesn't work out great all the time. I feel you. You know. Yeah. So, uh, that being said, the single ra- uh, super rad dad pad is because you also live there with Mr. Kevin Hill. Exactly. A fellow single father. Yes, sir. That's yeah. dope, man. It is cool, man. He's a, He's been a great friend, kind of like the... Uh, brother i never had even though i've got i don't even know how many brothers now four he also has one that looks just like him yeah four brothers two step brothers but anyways yeah keith and kevin the twins were like my my older brother's best friends <clears throat> throughout high school and stuff and even middle school and they've always been i've always looked up to them and you know they're always a good influence and cool dudes yeah exactly yeah, so shout cool. out to the twins yes sir yeah those are my boys so um when I said single father, you have one lovely daughter, Miss Chandler. Oh, yes. How old is she now, man? Man, she just turned six, May oh, the 4th. Do not tell Be me that. You. God almighty. Yeah. That's that's brutal. That's when like you realize yeah. time's flying, man. Now everyone's like, how's your baby? I'm like, she's not a baby. Not at all. <laughs> I know, man. Little blonde hair, little cutie pie. Yep. So, she, will, she will always be my baby. Though. No doubt. Yeah. As with any father. Exactly. Oh, she's a sweet girl. So that, um, whenever uh, I think about Chandler, I guess, takes me back to, um, she was the inspiration for the title track of your first album back in 2015, right? Yes. Everyone, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, that song was kind of the, it, that was probably the easiest song to write, even though it took me a while, because... Man, I don't even know how originally it came to me. It was a, a few weeks before she was born. I started writing, you know, and I came up with the first verse and the chorus. And then I put it away, didn't mess with it. And then, man, probably a couple weeks after she was born, I was laying in bed one night just at home by myself trying to go to sleep. And I, that, that was just, it was going through my head, the song. And I was like, man. Well, I'm sure that the emotions change because you can think yeah. of, you can think about being a parent oh, yeah. all you want, and, and then it actually happens, and you're like, "Whoa!" Whole new yeah. wave of emotions. Yeah, and that's the cool thing about that song is is half of it was written before she was born, half of it was written after she was born, after I became a father. So it's kind of you, and the verses kind of reflect on that. But that song, man, it was, people are always like, "Play that song about your daughter." I'm like, it's not really about her. It's kind of about the experience of finding out I was going to have her and what I was going through in my life and having to change some things and grow up and man up and it is it still even took me a while even after that song you know i knew what i had to do but that still was a process to yeah get my things together and yeah and i'm sure like writing those lyrics down you know you want to do it justice Mm because she's going to get old enough and understand that one day that's one of my favorite songs you've ever wrote uh for all of y'all that don't know, man, that song is called A New Remedy. Like I said, that album, that's the title track of the album, correct? Yes, yeah. sir. That's it. Yeah, back in 2015. And uh, that was that was a full band album. That's when you were still known as the Preston Scott Band. Yes, right? sir. Yeah, we had the uh, Preston Scott Band. We did that in my home studio slash garage bedroom. Yeah. yeah. Amongst all the furniture and 
uh, beer cans and hey the long hair the yeah, beard long hair the beard the beer belly <laughs> and i think i recorded half of the stuff with my shirt off because the actual tracking room was like this back room that we you know just put the drum set in and the microphones and it was there was no air in there just so, the texas yeah, heat and you're dude, just dying sweating all over dying, the equipment so humid and just literal blood sweat and tears yeah. in that album and that, i mean the quality of the album is a lot better than you know i think looking back now i would have anticipated it being but it's, you can definitely tell it's not done in a you know top-notch studio but it was i would not change that experience for anything because i learned so much and ultimately that's what i want to do you know as well as putting out my own music and, re and recording my own music i want to uh produce other people's music and you've already been dabbling you, that too yeah, right? like exactly. i know that yeah. i know for a fact you've told me there's been you know like oh, even yeah. like rappers that came to you and kind of like done their thing oh, shout out yeah. to josh birch come on <laughs> <laughs> so you i mean that full that full album like all the vocals the tracking the you know the instruments that was all done by you yeah me well me and david my old guitar player he it was a lot of it was his equipment because i hadn't bought a whole lot of stuff yet but uh, I had been kind of researching, always recorded myself with my equipment that I did have, but he just had the capability to record a full drum kit and stuff like that. And so he'd take it home and, you know, mess with it and stuff and then come back and we'd tweak it. And it was, I would say it was a full band effort, really. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Me and him kind of co-produced it as far as controlling the David software. shred on that guitar, oh, man. Yeah. That guy was crazy good shredder but uh how long does something like that take i mean because i mean i don't know the first thing about doing all of that i mean i i can i, I know how to record this stuff and right. uh, you know but that's not even remotely involving all the moving parts that come along with the band and then the vocals and getting everything correct and right. you know i can't yeah. what does that take like from what do you say from like start to finish what did that take so i didn't have a day job at the time so i would, that's all i did was was try to book gigs and play three or four gigs a week sometimes five and uh so i had i had a lot of time working on it but the other guys all had jobs so it was a matter of getting together so we'd get together once or twice a week you know and then the first thing we did was record everything live we record to a metronome so it was on timing somewhat enough to where we could go back and redo it and you know actually get so we did that the full band recorded live to the metronome on all the songs which we call scratch tracks. Did all those for all the songs. Then you go back, take the drums out of all the songs, and then redo the drums until they're nailed on right, perfect, perfect timing. Then take the bass out, redo the bass on all the songs. Yeah, so I mean, it was a few weeks process, and then learning how to upload it to, uh, you know, iTunes and Spotify. Major platforms, yeah. Well, actually, at that time, it was just like everyone used iTunes before Apple Music, before Spotify, everyone used oh, yeah. iTunes. And, and either bought the hard the full CD or paid 99 cents for one song you know yeah so back back dude back then it was, it was crazy how much different the y'all are making some yeah. money huh? I mean not really but now I'm making nothing from it basically yeah. next to nothing and but back then dude yeah it was a lot I would say better I think most artists slash musicians would agree yeah and I can I mean I, I'm not artistically inclined in that field at all but i mean i i'm a music junkie and i've heard about that because it's a i mean it's a double-edged sword you know on one hand music is so easily accessible yeah. and available to literally everyone to where if you know people listen to this have never heard of you they can you know everyone has spotify or pandora or something and they can t you know type your stuff in exactly. boom your name's out there but on the other hand you don't get the financial benefit of all the you know blood sweat and tears you put into that right. so yeah i see both sides for sure right but um did you i know you you're very modest and humble about this but you can play the crap out of that guitar too so did you only do vocals on that first album or were you no i did i did all the acoustic and then i did lead guitar on one song i did a solo on what you mean to me that was the only solo i did on that album which so, uh, that's one of the coolest solos I've ever played it was kind of just I was like dude I gotta do this I wanna do a solo on one of the songs this is the one I think and so I went in there plugged in the guitar and did like two or three takes and I was like dude I think that's it it just felt good and felt right and then that wound up being one of this 
ladies that worked for 106.9 The Ranch, like after we put out the full album, the next day she like li- had listened to it all and, and sent me all, you know, basically reviewed it. Not, I didn't ask her to, but she was like, man, I love the album, blah, blah, blah. This is my favorite song. This is my favorite lyrics. This is, and the, and she was like, the solo on What You Mean to Me. And I was just like, dang, that's the only one I play. That's awesome. Are you talking about, is that Charla Corn? No, that this, that was, this was 106 Night. So she was 95 Night. This was, oh, okay. uh, her okay. name was uh, Stephanie Schaefer. Which nice. I don't think she works with them anymore, but she, man, she was the sweetest girl and always supported us and all the local guys. And Well, that's dope because, I mean, you don't have any yeah, ties to them whatsoever, exactly. and that's just somebody completely yeah, arbitrary from the outside saying, exactly. hey, dude, you're killing this. This is awesome. And then to tell you not only your mm-hmm. lyrics, but, like, you know, when, whenever Preston's not there, you know, singing, you're just your talent on the guitar. That's got to make you feel good on both yeah, ends. It really does. That's man, it. that was like, yeah, I think at that point was like, when I was like, man, I need to keep up with this guitar, you know, and then I got the loop pedal, and that's kind of changed the whole thing, made me better. So there you go. That's the whole new ball game where that, I started figuring it out. So that looking back on that album, uh, you said earlier there wasn't anything you would change. Uh, what's like? Give me a couple of highlights of stuff that's like your favorite part. You just said the solo on "What You Mean to Me." Like, is there anything else? Is specific on that album, either like from the artwork or like I mean lyric here and there that just sticks out where you're like, man, that was that's something I can hang my hat on. Man, so yeah, it's hard. I <laughs> mean, you on the spot. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, I really there's times where I'll be like, man, I wish I would have redone this album in a legit studio and yeah. got the top notch quality because my I mean when we put that album out was when I feel like was at my musical prime with my band, yeah. which I know it's not too late to find, you know, actually achieve another musical prime. But because um, I know there's some, I mean, there's some. Yeah, tracks. I'm proud of a lot of the songs and lyrics on there, especially now. Like I haven't, dude, I don't hardly write ever anymore. I, I've got so many ideas on my phone that I'll just, I'll think of something during the day and write down what I was thinking, yeah. and then plan on. So I have like a list of a hundred just ideas that I need to go back and write. And yeah. I've got plenty of inspiration, especially lately, to come up with some things, but I just haven't put pen to paper and got on it. But but anyways, getting back to it, um, I would say Poison. Yeah. I know that's one of your favorite songs. You, I think you're, you and your crew always the ones requesting that and uh, that makes me really happy because that when I wrote that song and when we finished recording I was just like this is the this is exactly how I wanted it to turn out dude I mean that's got like that the, even just you could take the lyrics out of it just like the, the melody music. of that just yeah, kind of gets your dude. foot tapping yeah, and then you throw man. the lyrics in there that's easy for us like of course we've all been supporting you forever you're our boy but like those are those are the fun ones to like when you step away from the mic we'll finish your lyrics for right, you because we're all out there just like fuck yeah you know like <laughs> that's, yeah. that's that's dope man it's fun man i think uh yeah because that was i mean you have a bunch of those now but i'm saying back at that time that mm-hmm. was like the first one well I, maybe your first one was long, long nights, nights which i know because everyone still messes up those Dude, lyrics yeah they did well and i've changed it too a couple of times just yeah. you know because i used to only drink bud light and that's how i wrote it, bud light with the boys and then i was like and I started drinking anything, Keystone, whatever. <laughs> and uh, and yeah. Uh, yeah, then I changed it to cold beer with the boys. And then I just, all together, was just like, I don't really, I'm not really crazy about the song. But now, like, yeah, I swear, like, last week, I, I woke up, got to work, and I was just, I was like, did I dream this last night or what? I was like, had a dream that... I made like a Kid Rock style music video to that song, and I was like, I can just see that happening now. Like, and that, like, for the past probably year, I've I've been a lot more proud of that song than I probably have ever been because I wrote that song when I was like 18 years old. Yeah, and it's kind of I like, think now like I'm like, man, that was I was freaking 18 when I wrote that. It's like, I mean, yeah, looking it's back. catchy out of out of all my songs, probably one of the most catchy ones I've written. But not only that, it's just like a kind of a feel-good song you know yeah but i'm but i know that you probably house a little bit of like not animosity but you're just like over it because i mean like you said you wrote it when you're 18 i cannot i I literally can't imagine how many times you've sang that over the years so you're probably like good god please request anything else Uh, other than that but late i mean i haven't played there's a few songs on the album i haven't played in over a year even maybe two years yeah and so i mean 
and I haven't been playing as much lately, so a lot of those songs I'm glad to hear requests and not because I haven't played them in so long. It's kind of like, oh, man, I wonder how. Yeah. And my voice, I feel like it's constantly changing, and my get just playing and everything. So it's like, I wonder how this will sound. I might feel more comfortable, or you know, singing yeah. different, or just you know. And I, I mean, what I'm about to say, I mean, 100% complimentary. Like I've seen you play freaking hundreds of shows over the years, literally mm-hmm. since high school. Oh yeah. But you can tell the little hiatus you took really helped you or yes. like you know at least not even a hiatus because you're still playing but just right. taking a step back mm-hmm. like you look like you're enjoying it you sound better like your voice is just like i don't know you can just kind of tell i yeah. guess because we've been friends forever so it's like oh man he's back to like yeah. he does usually he would take a break right here he's gonna pop out three more songs just because he's yeah. enjoying it and you know like oh, that's yeah and like usually at my at my gigs and for a while, I wasn't. I didn't drink for like two years. Besides, you know, aside from like there was a month where I was like, I'm gonna try this again. And, but and lately, I've been drinking a little bit here and there at my gigs. And it's, I've dude, I've always been like, we were talking about this earlier. I've, I'm kind of a shy person. Like in high school, in like speech class, which was required, or mm-hmm. I wouldn't have done it. I remember giving speeches and getting up there and having it all prepared. And I was like, this is, you know, this is going to, I'm going to get a good grade on this. And then I get up there and my, immediately I'm walking up there and I feel me losing my breath and my face turning red. And I'm just like, and I'll just be talking like, so this is, and I'm telling you, dude. And so when I decided like, if I want to do music, I got to freaking do it. So I start, that's when I was like, I'm going to (laughs) get, get a good buzz before I get up there and sing in front of people. That's crazy. And that was a crutch for a long time, like getting a few beers before I would sing or I couldn't do. Yeah. And 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 then, you know, when I quit drinking after doing music for six, seven years, I, I wasn't drinking at all. And it was just a routine. And, you know, I would take my breaks when I was supposed to because I was like, this is a job. This ain't. And now, you know, it's like I'm just back to just, yeah. you know, not playing so much. So it's it's more fun. And maybe sounds like you have a little bit of a better relationship with drinking, too. You know, it's yeah. not so much like, a, oh, my yeah. God, it's a requirement. Yeah. You went you went from. I have to have it to play to yeah. I don't want it at all to you know doing it for what you should you know just yeah. just just a relaxant chilling exactly. you know kind of makes you enjoy the experience because exactly. nobody wants to go see somebody that's just have flat out hammered up there right. breaking strings and yeah. whatnot but luckily I, haven't, I don't think I've got to that point <laughs> <laughs> yeah I can vouch for that so we we spent a lot of time uh, speaking on that first studio album but uh personally the second studio album you came out with was in 2018 uh called sold on you that is uh one of my favorite songs you've ever wrote you actually played that at my wedding yes and uh i was sick you were that's all right you you killed it he had back when he was rocking the long hair and the ponytail i sounded like this up there (laughs) but yeah so that was uh so this album the sold on you i guess i came out last year that was Correct me if I'm wrong. That was all you, and then you had like professional studio help. Like, yes, a lot of those songs, man. A lot of those were a few years old, even like a couple years. And uh, I, some like a couple of them, I never planned on doing anything with. Like, give it a try. I wrote that a couple years ago, and kind of was like, I don't know. And it turned out to be my favorite one. But yes, I. So I had I wrote the songs, went and met with the producer of the studio I wanted to record at Fort Worth Sound, which is where my full band first recorded that was the first place we ever recorded as a band and uh, so he you know this is years later he's hearing this stuff and seeing the progression yeah and it not, was cool not even the preston scott yeah. band but well, you yeah. as a yeah. singer songwriter yeah. and he yeah he was man he was so smart and and just giving me constructive criticism you know the right way and and uh yeah so i took the songs to him showed him I had some some recordings I'd done on my own of the songs, just acoustic that I showed him, and I played a couple of them for him at the studio, just showing him. And he helped me narrow it down to the five that we did. And uh, he had he he uses these musicians for a lot of records, like you've heard him on, I'm sure plenty of records that people listen to um, that are into the Texas country scene. And so he had them lined up already. So just I, the musicians, you're not, you're, are yeah. you talking like I me mean, playing like instruments or were they singing background for no, you? No, no. So there was, there was one song where there was, we had a girl come in and sing a little bit of background on uh dive bar blues. But so what we did, I, he sent me home. He was like, go record these five songs, acoustic, sent, email them to me. I'm going to send them to these four musicians. It was a, or three musicians. It was a bass, a guitar and a drummer. 
And so he sent them to them, and we set a date to meet in the studio and got in there, dude. And they were just like, what song do you want to do first? You know, we got all set up. What song oh, do you want to do first? Okay, so and you I still... told them, and he, they, the drummer had charted all my songs out in this number system, which I still don't completely understand. And they, so they all had this chart that he made for each song. And it was like, okay, what's the tempo? We figured out the tempo for the metronome. That's it. And the drummer would count it in, and it's like, boom, from the first note, it's like, this tight yeah. is sick. <laughs> See, like, I mean, there's there's levels to this stuff, man. I like, I mean, that's but that's got to kind of make you even more so appreciate looking oh, back yeah. on, you know, the shirtless freaking Texas hot box that you're recording yeah, your first album in because, you know, you kind of get to that. Out of, for lack of a better term, like that upper echelon where this is like, th- that's those people's livelihood and mm-hmm. you're going there for a portion of your career and that, that is theirs, you know, yeah. so that's kind of cool to see somebody else put oh, their yeah. own professional twist on something that you wrote and see it to come to life. Man, yeah. I can't imagine what that felt like. Oh, that's yeah. got to be sick. It was awesome, dude. And they and they were so cool with like me, you know, there's certain things that I had had liked about how, because my band played a lot of, the, a few of those songs before I, I took it to them, you know, and uh, you know my band kind of split up and went our separate ways before I went and recorded this. But I was like, dude, it's been a couple years since I put anything out. I got to do this. And I thought it would be. I mean, it, it, it was awesome hiring these musicians and just hearing the you know the best talent in Fort Worth or you know yeah. around the Metroplex on my songs. And you know, yeah, we just do. Yeah, not not to cut you off, but um, I guess from like a business standpoint, do those. And I'm just curious here, do those professional musicians just get like a one-time cut from the studio or do they get like, I don't want to say royalties, that's not right, no. but like if, like if you get paid from streams or anything? No, they don't get, they just, you just pay them for the studio time. I, I don't even remember what it was, a couple hundred bucks for, oh wow, for the whole like eight hour studio session. And we did five songs in that eight hours. Well, of course I had to come back like a few days later with the guitar player to do the lead because, you know, gotcha. the first take what we did all live we kept everything, but it was just a rhythm guitar that he did, or like you know, yeah. you know, little. Uh, nice. Yeah, so that's kind of cool. I mean, because I'm sure a lot of people listening to this like music, and I don't. Man, I've never set foot in a studio. Dude. Like you said, uh, kind of backtracking to the beginning of this podcast, you said that you wanted to become a producer yeah. or whatever. That's honestly. I don't know if you've listened to any of my podcasts. I said that in the very first episode. This is what I wanted to do as a kid, and when I tell you, I had no idea how to even remotely get into it that's kind of fascinating to me thinking that somebody's just up in some studio in fort worth having a random kid from midlothian walk in and just laying down all these tracks next thing you know you got a studio album out that's 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 really cool man i'm sure you you should be proud of that one sold on you i i don't mean that negative whatsoever but i just feel like it's uh i don't want to say better than your first album but i mean i've listened to that one a lot more just because i feel like you see the progression of Preston mm-hmm. as opposed to like the band because yeah. it's just essentially it's you evolving and uh, you actually came out with a slogan. I don't want to say a slogan, but um, you said it was like soulful, soulful Southern blues or whatever. Yeah. And that's, you can tell there was a definite change from the first album. It was kind of a, yeah. how would you describe that? Like had the, the, the general sound of it, it was kind yeah. of like a, the first album, I think we were trying to, uh, and I, I mean, I, I love it. I mean, oh, absolutely, like I said, yeah. I don't, don't get that twisted. Yeah, I love no, the yeah, album, and yeah. I know you do. You, you request, you know, plenty of songs out there when you come see me. And, uh, I, man, I would say it's kind of a southern rockish. But then there's some songs that aren't, don't even sound really, you know. Maybe what I was getting at is I feel like that first album was like the band's sound. Yeah, like Preston oh, Scott for band. sure. And then yeah. that second and that's what album, it should have been. You know? Yeah, for exactly. sure. Like yeah. I didn't mean that negative at all. I'm no, saying this second album was like, oh, okay. So if you were doing this thing alone, this is your take on all that stuff. Because I mean, this is all you. And dude, you started that that sold on you track itself is dope. You have like uh, one of my favorite lines uh, in the entire album is uh I, I think it's from freight train uh where it's uh, yeah it is freight train where it's it's necessary like a needle to the vinyl like oh, yeah. what bro you gotta be kidding me like that that's dope you you're sitting there wherever you're at and you just pad to pin you come up with that yeah i don't have that kind of talent you gotta be kidding oh, me yeah. that that's gotta feel good to be like that's, all see, right i never yeah. i never like thought that was gonna be a, a stick standout you know lyric but 
I, I literally think I was. I know I was in my room when I wrote that song, um, type, just typing it on my phone. I think I was sitting on my couch typing it on my notes on my iPhone. Um, but I hadn't. I think I was listening to my record player, and uh, that was kind of what inspired that. And I was just isn't that weird how yeah. little things like that? Because we, you and I, always joke about this. We're gonna sit down one day. And we're going to put our song. imaginations together, and you're going to take all of it away because I have zero musical talent whatsoever. <laughs> but I don't believe that because I've, I've heard you strum, bang a couple chords out on that old six. When he says bang, he leans literally, yeah. give me that guitar, I'm going to smack it when I've had a 30-pack <laughs> and it's four in the morning. Yep. So no, no. Yeah, I'm sure I sound That's great. That's how I started, brother. That's how it starts. I'm going to shotgun a keystone real yes. quick. Give me that damn guitar. Exactly. That's funny. That's so, it. Um, so what would like did you have any specific like inspirations for this album because I know you said Chandler was at least the focal point of the title track of your first one what about this one you just you know did you feel pressure to release it because it's been a while or did you just say man let's yeah kind of um, uh, so the first album was a lot of man when I started the whole reason I kind of started music was because I went through a little you know some some female drama and as did every artist yeah, ever and that was kind of what inspired like you know you know what I'm gonna show her I'm gonna play these songs I'm gonna write these <laughs> you know and uh, so this next album I was like I don't want to do you know the same subject and that's what a lot of artists write about is just girls and hard love and love yeah, and, okay. yeah and all that you know it's like I want to try to do some things not so focused on that. And I kind of went through what some songs I had, and dude, there was one song that I really wanted to do. Actually, me and Josh Birch were at my little home studio uh, last night working on some stuff, and he was scrolling through. I let my went to let my dog out, and he was scrolling through my computers, my music, and pulled up this deal that I recorded, you know, probably a year or two ago, and uh, it was just a song idea. And I actually finished this song. Uh, I was gonna do it on my EP, but we didn't have time to do it. But it's called uh, How I Miss You, and it's way different than anything I've done. You may have heard it. Yeah, I was going to say, you and I've you played me, it a couple times. No, actually, you, me, and Josh went to your studio. God, this was a oh, long yeah, time yeah, ago. Yeah. And oh, it was whenever y'all were recording all those, yes. <laughs> those Justin Bieber covers. And oh, you were like, man. you were like, bro, listen not, to that's this. That's one song that out of like the. All the songs me and him have recorded, that's the one that we never finished and haven't done anything. All the other ones were like, dude, these yeah. bangers. No, for sure. But that, that was funny because like Josh was the focal point that night, you know, where uh, they were helping him out or whatever. And then you're like, oh, my God, listen to this. And I, I dude, legitimately do not recognize he, that voice. I don't voice. think he remembered pulling that up that night because last night he was like, what is this, dude? Hey, dude I'm sorry I was snooping through your computer. I was like, dude. Was your like, voice does uh, not. Like, no, if you were to tell me that was like, you, no. I would be like what no. that's crazy how old were you when you recorded that like you had dude, to that was like less than that was maybe two years ago at the moment oh okay yeah, okay so not too long that's ago. what i'm saying dude and my voice that's constantly changing it's dad life it's weird dude it's weird. <laughs> the, the stresses of of getting older yeah voice voice is changing that's yeah. hilarious man <laughs> um so i guess kind of backtracking not even necessarily talking about the albums but down to what what in the world made you want to decide because, I mean, you've been doing the music thing. I, I knew you in high school as the little, you know, spiky-haired soccer player. And the next thing you know, I'm like, wait, this kid's got Wranglers on and he's strumming Dude. a six-string. Like, what what, what just made you be like, you know what, I want to do this this music thing? Man, so... I mean, I don't, I'm not saying it's necessarily think, one event. Yeah, I'm just... Well, the big deal was just when I started hearing, like... It was like... I, I think my older brother got a hold of the Randy Rogers roller coaster CD and he was he, he was driving me around everywhere and he would just jam that all the time and I was like this every song on here dude I I I learned every word to every song on there within like a week and I still listen to every one of those songs and every other Randy Rogers song you yeah. know so just that and then like you know Bart Crow from April Texas started getting popular where my ring you know and then Eli Young Band was blowing up Casey Donahue from Fort Worth and I was like what are all these awesome bands from around Texas yeah literally an hour then away I discovered from this whole scene and then you know I think I was a junior senior in high school the first time I went to uh, Texas Mardi Gras and oh that was and aside we, from we... all the the entertainment <laughs> there like the coolest thing the first time I went 
Johnny Cooper gets up there. I'm like, this oh, kid's probably wow. my age or maybe a couple years older. And he was the best person I saw there, you know. And I was like, I, my buddy Hunter Mitchell, who has been helping me a lot with some video, YouTube videos for my music and stuff lately. I, I remember standing next to him at that concert and being like, who is this? And he's like, Johnny Cooper, dude. You know, like, yeah, he's going to blow up. And, and that probably fired you up, too. Yeah, like, and, I, mean, and, I, and I, I told Hunter, I was like, dude, give me five years, bro. I'm get, that's me right there. Yeah, and he probably, I mean, that Johnny Cooper had something to prove because, I mean, like you said, he's yeah. surrounded by, you know, the Josh Abbott's and Randy yeah, Rogers who dude. are 10 or 12 years his senior. Older, yeah. And they're like, I, well, I mean, on that same note, I know, fr- like I said, you and I have been friends for years, but I know you draw a lot of inspiration from William Clark Green, too. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, that guy may not have the most outstanding voice ever but man you talk about lyrical value and just like as a musician like every album he drops from you know rose queen to a bear island all that i mean ringling road you you can pick off the top of my head i can name you 15 songs that you can play anytime it's just awesome yeah and uh yeah lyrically um definitely one of my favorite and dude i love his voice the tone of his voice you just hear the emotion and it's and it's from you know it just matches his lyrics and then very true and then he's got the band that just he's got the total package man that's like that's one of my favorite bands to see live and they look like have they have fun do you follow them on social media dude how they're always icing each other like they just look like they are living the dream that's so cool Man, man that one of the people ask me all the time like What's the big biggest show you've played, or you know the coolest show you played? Blah blah. blah. Well, thanks for stealing my question. I had that on here. Nah. But no, yeah, I really did. But anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Well, you brought up William Clark Green, and I think my favorite gig was we got to open for him at City Limits in Stephenville, Texas, back when that was the popping place, and it was Homecoming. I, I don't know if it was Tarleton or Stephenville's Homecoming, yeah. but and it was packed out, dude. There you go, and. uh yeah, William Clark Green headlined, and then Randy Rogers' bass player, who has written some of Randy Rogers' bigger songs, yeah. has his own band, and he he played, and we played before him. So that's I didn't even know that, dude. And it was like, I mean, I don't, I couldn't even. It was packed, and I've played that venue multiple times, and that was the most crowded it's ever been with with a band that was my favorite band at the time, and it was just so surreal and then I hung out until everyone left that place just to talk to William Clark Green and he was the coolest dude man like that right there speaks not like that is personally because I am 100% that nerd yes, if I go to a show don't wait and talk to him. don't oh, get yeah. me wrong man I go to the show and I'm drinking beer just like everyone else but I I as a matter of fact last weekend I got to meet Colby Cooper and a lot if you're listening to this and you don't know who he is checking out man you, you you got to like i met him i met dylan wheeler uh i've met just mike ryan you know yeah. luke combs i've met the whole nine yard and i mean there's a very common theme is if if i say you like william clark green you're like oh man he's okay but you get to meet him and he's a stand-up guy fan for life man yes. you know like your, your your respect level goes through the roof yeah, and you're dude. like some of them aren't like that, and then you, it's like, I'm not even going to listen to you anymore because I know the kind of person you are. And it's it's hard to do that and, and judge someone off that because they get approached by so many people. But when you're the band that just opened for them and you're just trying to say, hey, man, this was an honor, thank you, or what, and they don't seem interested, it's kind of, yeah. which that doesn't really happen with these, I mean, just Texas hospitality, I guess. Yeah, and te- I mean, in the Texas music scene itself is like a little... Because you, when you think of country music, anybody that's not a Texas country fan, you think of... Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> Ch- chilling on a dirt yeah, road, you exactly. know, or cruise, whatever. Yeah. Like, but then, like here, it's a whole different thing. It's oh, like yeah. these guys have a different respect for it. Maybe, well, there's no maybe about it. I am biased because I'm from here. But right. um, yeah, I mean that that's cool. And this is while I, while I was actually responding to what you just said, you've played with Mike Ryan too, didn't you? Like harmonize dude. with him on stage or something? You told yeah. me something about that. Um, yeah, dude. I don't even know if I was 21 at this time. So. My buddy that got me a lot of opportunities, uh, Clint Levi, he's from Maypro. He went to Tarleton and actually, so this is a crazy story. His guitar player and bass player are playing for Co. Wetzel right now. <laughs> you know, nice. they achieved their freaking dream. But that dude, I used to ride to all their gigs with them in their van and open for them acoustic I don't even think I got paid half the time. Yeah. I just was doing it because I looked up to them. They had, 
dude, and they were doing it right. They had all the right gear. They had yeah merch. They had everything, and he was a, such an inspiration, and it taught me a lot. And uh, so, yeah, dude, I would do that. Go open for them, and how did that segue into Mike Ryan? So he put on a benefit. Clint put on this benefit for one of his friends from April. Okay, and she had some kind of cancer I can't remember what kind and he asked me to play at it cause, and she was an awesome girl her name is Shadow Campbell awesome girl and uh, so I went and did that and he had he named all these artists that were going to be there uh, Austin also Mike Ryan um, Mike Stanley Zach McGinn from Dolly Shine all these guys and I was like I can't believe he invited me to do this and so yeah, Austin also jumped, jumped on yeah. that opportunity. So, yeah. yeah, Austin also didn't make it in time. Like he, I think he got there later, but he didn't make it in time for the, his original set. So that Clint asked me, "Hey, you want to play with Mike Ryan and one of my buddies, Ryan Reddy, who was playing this gig too?" Which yeah. I had met him a couple years prior to that, and I was like, "Heck yeah, dude!" So I sat up there between Mike Ryan and Ryan Reddy, and you know, I'm like 20, 21. I don't no, I wasn't twenty one. I didn't have a daughter yet. I don't think so. I sat there and I knew every word to every Mike Ryan sign. I'm just like trying to keep my cool, dude. And I'm like, I feel you, man. Holy crap! And uh, yeah, it's funny. Uh, Clint's bass player Mason, who plays for Co. Wetzel now, he got up. He was like, "Let me sing harmonies with you on your songs." And I played "Tonight" by William Clark Green. I remember him getting oh, up yeah. there with me and singing harmonies. And then uh, Mike Ryan, you know, he would be playing his songs, and I'd be kind of picking along, doing something, or you know, kind of sitting back singing harmonies. And he, I remember him looking at me and being like. You know, come on, dude! Like, get on it! You know, That's so, so I, I got on the mic. I started singing harmonies. I probably like, sounded okay, like shit. Mike. But, <laughs> that probably sounded terrible, but it yeah. was, dude, that was. And back then, man, so he, awesome, he's singing dude. like only all the time yeah, and little was, too long. Yeah. And, uh, mm. The cold one, Won't let it show. Oh my, that that is probably my <laughs> still, favorite. Yeah, still my favorite. Man, I, what sure. is that? What's that album called? Uh, it the, was an EP. The, I don't know. I don't know what. I can see it. It says Mike Ryan's had little blue swirly things in the back. Like, dude, he goes. Yeah. And now look at him. He's traveling all over the yeah. place. And you know what? You you mentioned that earlier um, about like the Co Wetzel thing. Didn't y'all do like a uh, what is it? Called? Oh yeah, this uh, uh, Ranch Factor. It was that, like a Battle of the Bands. Thing yes, in, yes. Uh, Willow Park. It was like God. What is what year are we talking? Like this was about three years ago. Okay, maybe. Oh, so way before he blew up. Yeah, yeah dude. I mean, he, he's taken over the world yeah, in like a dude. year. So and that's that still inspires me because. Those things can kind of like, you know, kill your vibe. But, um, so we, yeah, we met, we both made it through a couple rounds, and then it was like me, him, and this other band. I don't remember the other band. Oh, Hunter Hutchinson, who was big too. Like, he did Lonely Lubbock Lights with Aaron Watson prior to this contest. So wow. he already had a huge following. And, uh, so it was a tough competition, you know, and, and I felt like me and Co were real similar in our styles. Like, and I knew, you know, I knew his whole band. He, at that time, he had Clint's old drummer bass player guitar player and then Clint had two guitar players the other guitar player was playing keys for code in this contest so I knew all those guys and it was, yeah. a, it was the coolest thing ever just like because I didn't have a lot of actual friends that were doing music and I didn't get to see them a lot because they didn't live you know too close around here and uh, so it was just fun hanging with them and then getting to see them play and I'm assuming Co won the thing no really that's the thing that's what that's what I was saying I kind of am still inspired because he didn't even win it. He made it to the finals. Yeah. But, yeah, he didn't even win it. And now he's the big, the hottest Texas country act out there right now, dude. Like, Did you see what he's literally doing right now? The Mexico yeah, event? Dude, I, he's down there. It looks there. like he just bought him a huge boat. I don't know if you can call that a boat. He, <laughs> he, he tweeted something out today. He was like, finally finished. So yeah, I don't know if he finished it album. down there. But, like, man, to think about that. Like, he, like, rented out some five-star yeah, resort dude. what he brought himself uh cody west muscadine bloodline uh and then uh oh my god somebody else down yeah there. i didn't even know i didn't really even know what was going on until today i seen an instagram post or something that said yeah. mexico and i was like i didn't know this was going on what? yeah i follow uh gary and charlie from muscadine bloodline those are two freaking awesome guys i can't believe haven't blown up yet but um they're more like the nat they are from they live in nashville yeah. but it's kind of cool because they became friends with co and all the texas guys so like when they're on you know the like our in our neck of the woods they'll open like you said at the you know city limits and twisted j all that uh -huh. stuff but then when co is trying to spread his name 
down, you know, the southern coast, like towards Alabama, Georgia, Florida, where they're from. Oh, yeah. He does the exact same thing for them, you know, and that's that's just networking at its finest. And then they're all roughly the same age. They're all shitheads, you know, freaking doing their thing right now, living the dream, man. That's so sick. Yeah, dude, that's uh... a... And just to think, a couple years ago, this dude's entering a a small songwriting competition, and now he's just doing the dang thing. Yep, and that's the thing, man. You just... It's hard, especially after, like, you know, doing it for years and not getting where you thought you'd be by now. You know, it's like, that's kind of the deal I struggle with. But then again, my goal has kind of changed from when I started playing. Like, originally I wanted to tour and all this. Then I had a kid, then, you know... I'm kind of at the point I just want to well I've always wanted to produce music but now that's kind of my main goal I want to have a studio do that during the day and do my music when I have you know when I create music you know I can do it whenever I want I have my own studio and put it out and I don't I don't really care to tour and be gone all the time and be traveling on the road that's a rough yeah I mean it's fun but it takes its toll for sure and like I, I mean I can't say I've toured and stuff but we used to we used to I go mean, to don't Oklahoma. Sell your, don't sell yourself short, man. West I mean, Texas, you've sold out. I'm not, I don't want to say sold out, but you played at you know massive venues like Varsity Tavern in Fort Worth. I've seen you there multiple times. I've seen you like I mean literally all over. And it's you're from the same town I am. You know that you're not out there with some marketing oh, yeah. expert. You know just blasting your stuff all over everything. Yeah. I mean it's straight talent, and, and I I respect that. You know humble from your yourself but don't sell yourself short either because you know we've all been fans for a while and you can do anything you want with this stuff man it's just you're a, telling me that about once a month don't sell yourself short <laughs> you don't you need to man i'm telling you dude like that it wouldn't be a friend if i didn't say yeah. that because I, I wouldn't tell you if i didn't believe it either True. but um that in, from you know your friend and a fan like have you ever had people i'm sure you have had people hate on you over the years or tell you that you know this is a dumb why are you doing this etc cetera, etc cetera. haters yeah. for lack of a better term yeah, I mean, I'm, man, I get along with everyone. I've never really had beef with a lot of people, and so nothing too crazy. There's been people that try to tell me about like, sing, like singing a certain song, like, oh, you need to, you need to sing this with a little deeper voice, like people that don't even sing and stuff like that. And I'm just, kind of, I just shrug it off because I'm like, they don't know, they're not up here doing this. They, you know, I, don't, I really don't let stuff like that get to me, or at least I don't let people see it get to me. Yeah, I mean. But, yeah, I haven't had a whole lot of that. I mean, I know there's people that w- won't say it to my face that probably think things like that, but yeah. I, don't, I don't. I wouldn't let it get to me, man. I'm just there having fun. I'm not out to, you know, try to – I don't think I'm the man or anything. You know, I'm just doing what I – it's mainly just getting – my main goal with my songwriting and stuff is, is to, uh, I guess – maybe impact someone help someone relate to you know be like oh maybe you know he's gone through something or you know he he sees it this way like that's a good way to look at things you know just well for sure and that's my goal with this my next album that or project whatever i do is what? is to i haven't started on oh, it well i've got say. i do have some songs finished but i don't know what i'm going to put on there i haven't i haven't gotten that far but i was going to say wait hold up you know. my whole deal why i haven't been writing lately is just to kind of I'm going through a situation a little bit going through things growing up and figuring things out and I'm just kind of waiting till I have a I guess get through these things and overcome things and know how I got there yeah to reflect on it and then tell you know put it into songs and help someone else that maybe go through the same thing and help them get through it and well, I mean, yeah, you've done this before. I mean, you, I mean, you've written, like I said, so many songs over the years. Uh, there's no point in rushing it. You know exactly. when the time's right. Yeah. You know, it's and don't force anything. Exactly. So, and that's the point. Like it's, I mean, that's where I'm at, dude. And I, like earlier, I just said, you know, one of my favorite lines is, "Oh, it's necessary, like a needle to the vinyl." You just said that because you looked over and saw something at that point in time. You can't force it. It just happens organically, yeah. and that's I was where just the thinking, dude. Vinyl sounds so good compared to listening <laughs> through your yeah, speak, you know, for your sure. computer speakers or whatever. For sure. All right, man. Well, kind of switching gears a little bit here, but I, there's some there's some uh, current events going on in the music world that I wanted to talk to you about, man. Because um, I know that you follow music like I do, man. Did you hear about Evan Felker, the, you know, the Dude, lead singer yes. of Turnpike? Isn't that terrible, bro? That is, God man. almighty, that breaks my that, heart. And that, something like kind of, foreshadowed that a while back i remember but i went to steamboat music fest in january and even a few months before that there was a video that came out of him like 
he seemed kind of drunk, like forgetting words on stage, and people were talking crap about it. Like, and uh, I remember people saying he needed help back then, and you know they killed it at Steamboat. He didn't yeah. seem, you know, and I mean it's an everyday battle. Like it's you know you wake up and it, you never know. You know you got to it's a choice. You got to. Yeah. I don't know what he's going through. I don't know what he's None been of us through. Do, yeah, man. and that's what I'm saying. Like it's, I guess you never know what's going to happen, and you know. I feel like most sad, people that are looking at it, they're not. What, what's we talked about that you know Texas, you know down home hospitality thing. For most other people that are going through a situation like that, they would throw them under the bus immediately. Like every single person that I've seen or heard has like, it's a genuine like cry for help, man. Like this, yeah. that it's sad. He yeah. he's fallen over on stage. He can't barely stand up. Like yeah, that one recent video, he was so drunk he couldn't even. Like the fiddle player stepped in front of him and just busted out a solo in the middle of a song that didn't even belong there, just yeah. to like fill a minute of time. Because yeah. can you? I, that's just that's, and that's so one of the, sad, man. That's like that's. I mean, that is when you think of like red dirt music. That is the best sounding band there is, dude. Like little and that's, band, like that all is, of them. Yeah. So that's one of the first like idols of mine that I got to open up for when my band was like we hadn't even, I don't even know if we'd been together a year at this point and my butt I had some buddies that went to OSU in Stillwater and it was right after like every girl came out and my buddy Hunter Moore went to Oklahoma State and he's like had some buddies on this committee for some, it was a benefit concert and they had Turnpike and Bo Phillips which is Stoney LaRue's brother he played I think acoustic or had acoustic and fiddle and uh so we played, then Bo Phillips, then Turnpike. Oh, man. And it was like, man, if I could have that gig back. No Because we were terrible back then. You know, I got on there because <laughs> I had some buddies with the hookup. But that was a, that was one of the best experiences ever, dude. Like, yeah, It's so sad just to see. Is, like, they man. were on top. They literally are on top of the world. They just yeah. released. What was it, last year they released that album? Yeah. With, but, yeah. with uh, you know, Pay No Rent and all that. Fire or what is that what's called? That would be Tyler Childers' new solo. They have a song. Do they really? Oh, I know what you're talking about. Is it? Smoke. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got you. Yeah, but yeah, that's that album they just released. Like I said, pay no rent and uh, something Dude, to hold yeah. on to. Like I mean, they're still on top of the world. There's not a just, song that I skip by them on any of their records. That's a good way of putting it for not sure. One. Well, wish them the best because yeah, that I mean, that that, crazy. that sucks. And then which leads me into another one. I'm not even a huge fan of these guys, but Shotgun Rider broke up. Oh, I saw that too. Like, what the hell? Yeah. And they were, I mean, on the. I feel like up they were on their prime, yeah. I mean, they, like, once again, I'm never going to, like, I, I've seen them play yeah, they were in They were going con- nothing but up, it seemed like. I have seen them play in concert. Those dudes kill it. And they've got a loyal fan base. Like, I didn't know half the songs that were going on, but man, they uh, actually, have you ever been to Lola's Trailer Park in Fort Worth? I don't think so. It's I know a, I've heard of it's it. It's a fairly smaller have. venue, but it's like where you, like, if you're going to go there, you're going to listen to the band. You're not yeah. going there to party because it's literally just a small venue. That's the best. Kind of like, you know Magnolia Motor Lounge? Yes. The best venue ever. Kind of very similar to that. Man, yeah. they had that place packed. It was freezing cold outside. We were like elbow to elbow and everyone's screaming every word. And I'm like, who the hell are these guys? Yeah. And super cool. They all stayed afterwards, took pictures with everybody, super nice guys. And I, they didn't even really give any backstory reason? as to what's going yeah, on with that they no. just said thank yeah, you yeah i didn't you know. see that that's what i was wondering i didn't see a reason i was gonna ask you yeah Jeez. all right man but so what i've never even talked to you about this who are some of your like current favorite like music like i know you, you draw inspiration from people but like who are you what's something you go to right now on the when p scott breaks out of spotify who's just somebody Dude. you jam all day every day it can be oldies it's, too it's been kind of off the wall lately Honestly, my probably most played lately is J. Cole. Hey, like, okay. Yeah, every, I, that's another dude, every song. I mean, there's maybe one or two that I'll skip, like, kind of like, eh. But. Won that Grammy with zero dude, features. Yeah, Did zero the whole, features. That's, that's nuts. Yeah, J. Cole, because um, I've been running a lot, and that's what I was doing. I run J. Cole or Drake or or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Hip-hop stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um, but man, I always jam Tyler Childers, uh, Brent Cobb. Obviously, I know we have such a similar freaking style. Oh, for sure, yeah. Uh, you you actually put me on to Brent Cobb like years ago, and hey. that Black Crow hit, and I was like, hey, that, yeah, he's a beast, man. Yeah, so God, I know you're excited for that new Tyler album. Oh man, Sturgill's producing yeah, this dude. one too. I was like, my yeah, boy, Sturgill, man. I, 
he will always be a go-to. I haven't, I haven't jammed him a lot lately, but there's a guy at my work that is into all that stuff, and he is, he drives a forklift, and he was jamming Sturgill, like, I think the end of last week, and I was just like, dude. That was hands down. I need to bust out that high top mountain. Not even, not even close. Like, there's no comparison. That is the best concert I've ever been to in my life. I believe it. I mean, like, it was... Was it, it after his newest... Or latest yeah, album? It was a, so a Sailor's some, Guide to the Universe. Nice. Yeah, it was but just, he did some older stuff. Yeah, no, right. he he, uh, he he focused that whole. He did like in bloom the ner- uh, the uh, yeah. whatever cover, and um, he like focused mainly on that album. But he played the you know Long White Line, Life of Sin, yeah. you know all that stuff. Living from, the dream. Yeah, that's what the guy on the forklift was jamming. I was like, that's one of my favorite songs ever, dude. dude. He's he's a beast. Yeah, that he's just a lot of fun to listen to. But he put on a great show. That's. He timeless. That dude won a Grammy and couldn't care less about right. it. You know, he's just doing his thing. I saw his, they didn't even air his speech on live on television. Yeah. I saw it. He, uh, I, I don't know if I saw it on YouTube or what, but he was just like, I guess the revolution won't be televised. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Walked off. Yeah. I was like, Heck yeah. yeah, he played that acoustic show outside the yeah. Grammys last year. He's like, my name's Sturgill Simpson. Uh, yeah. And he put he had his Grammy in his hand and he put it off yes. to the side. He was just playing like that. He's just. I kind of like a middle finger I to the music industry. Yeah. yeah, man, for sure. Yeah. He's a beast. Okay. I feel like that is a perfect segue into the recurring segment I do on every oh, podcast. Yes. You it's know, called If I Could Have Three to Have a Beer with Me, which if you've heard the other ones, it's just basically it's a, a question I ask to kind of peel back the layers of my guest and see if, if there is a chance at any point in time no current past whatever that you could sit down and chill with three different people have a beer with them and just talk pick their brain who would they be and why oh man i told you when i got here i was like dude you wouldn't believe how long i've been thinking about this since you told me you were gonna ask me (laughs) and uh we've actually talked about i think we've probably mentioned all of them just throughout this whole thing that i've that have crossed my mind not maybe three that i've stuck i still don't know which three for one for sure and that was J. Cole. Nice. And that was, it's weird because I didn't think that would be the one that stuck out of all that I've thought of, but that's the one that I keep coming back to. Like, yeah, for sure. Like, that would be dope. Because for one, he seems like the most humble hip-hop artist. Like, he's not flashy. He's yeah, not. for sure. And all, and I have one of his live, I listen to one of his live albums. It's like, I don't even know where it was at, actually. but And he just will like intro the songs he'll say things you know and it's like he's trying he's up there trying to influence people and change their lives and make them be better people and see that you whatever struggle you're going through like and that just things like that that he says not even necessarily his music but a lot of his music is the same way you know like very encouraging influencing like yeah and not your standard you know when you think of hip-hop yeah, it's not dude. that at I mean, all he does have those songs yeah. but he doesn't really it doesn't seem like he really ever is cocky or bragging or boasting like he just telling stories and that's what I love that's the kind of hip hop I love is the stories and that's one for sure man he seems like a good dude that you can just sit down with and be like that's a good dude. one that's a good first pick yeah I'll, I'll give like you that it. yeah and he's just dropping bangers he's ill yeah Illy. the illest yes okay yeah. so that's a for sure man that one has stuck I didn't so there's two that aren't on my list and I was trying to pick one hip hop artist and there's there was, I was going between these three J. Cole Logic and Russ. Okay. Because similar to J. Cole, Russ produced, mixed, mastered, engineered everything, his all his own music. All of it. That's it. And so I wanted to pick him and he's like made like Forbes whatever some list. Like all this stuff and he's done it all on his own. So he was it was tough but to pick to narrow it down, but I had to go with J. Cole. Cool. Okay. Yeah, so two more spots. Two more spots. So my second one. I think you might like this one. Joe Rogan. Hey. <laughs> so Joe Rogan. Train by day. Joe Rogan podcast by dude, night. All day. Exactly. So. That's a great one, man. I draw a lot of inspiration from him, too. I hope that, too. Man, like that dude, I, I hope that I can somewhat guide this in the way that he does. Man. That fool is a beast. He's just good at yeah, everything. and I just feel, so, I feel like with him, he just has such a good balance in life, like, from staying in shape, eating right you know having his fun doing you know things like he definitely experienced with 
like some hardcore it's not stuff, even yeah. experiments because he's got that stuff down to a t what he needs to be you know yeah. <laughs> he knows his limits with stuff yeah he, he just seems like a cool dude he's experienced a lot of crap you know done tv and you know fighting and still does best, still tra- best ufc yeah, commentator still, of all time exactly you know? and still trains like uh, he's a beast dude. Uh, like, 10th planet jiu-jitsu black yeah. belt Shout out Eddie Bravo, you yeah. know, like he. I mean, he's a. That's and, a great choice. And just watching his his podcast, just seeing him talk to all these people that I look up to, and just how well they get along, and I'm just like, man, it would be cool to just like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Joe Rogan, he seems like a dope dude, no so. doubt. And he's found that like, I, f- I feel like a lot of people approach, you know, if they are if they are a guest or even if they're not, like, I feel like Joe treats everybody the exact same you know he literally had one of the wealthiest people in the world elon musk was on there and he's you know just talking to him like he's an everyday it's like he didn't even go through like and study this person he just like he's not gonna he's like what's up dude yeah yeah tell me about you woke up and put your pants on in the morning just like i did you know he's just talking to him and i think that's kind of why people are intrigued Uh by him and so he has such a wide demographic that he appeals to because he doesn't He's no better than anybody. He doesn't treat anybody better than him. He's just an everyday, you know, no pun intended, average Joe. You know what I mean? But he's just, you know, got bajillions of dollars and could choke you to death if you wanted to because he's a black belt. And he does stand up. Hilarious. If he wants to do stuff, he's going to do it. Yeah. You know, and that's a cool thing, man. For sure. He'll... he'll ain't scared. Inspiration. Yeah, Okay. Inspiring. J. J. Cole, Joe Rogan, that's two really good picks. I like it. And drum roll. Number three. I wouldn't say best for last, but I mean, maybe. I'm not going to say it is. I think they're all three on an even playing field here. Um, I had to pick a dead guy. You know, you can't do, <laughs> <laughs> you can't do all three alive when you can pick anyone. Um, but I recently deceased Tom Petty. Oh, man. I had to go to Tom Petty because obviously I'm, I love music. I'm consider myself a somewhat of a musician slash artist songwriter and tom petty i feel like is the most diverse and just like he's got songs of every style dude like everything like he's got songs that sound freaking country he's got the harmonicas going he's got you know he's got his ballads he's got his breakdown you know he's got He's got. He's so diverse, and that's something that I, I always aspired to be was diverse with music and not settle just for one. Just I'm going to do this, and this is what, how it's going to sound. I'm going to have this sound. I just want to like, hey, if you want to make something, make it and put it out there and show people. And no doubt, he seems like a dude that has stuck to that and just hey, yeah. And all the songs, like he's got some of the most inspiring songs and lyrics about everything you could think of. Yep, and. He just, I'm, he seems like a great dude. I've just watched, you know, interviews and live concerts and just yeah. seems like a happy dude. And You can tell a lot. I mean, this is, this sounds terrible, but you can tell a lot about a person when they're gone. Yeah. And I cannot tell you how many people, like even famous celebrities that I follow on social media in some way, shape, form, or fashion, dude, they were like distraught because he was, like you said, just a universally accepted, yes. like good person like yeah, i mean dude. he did so much for the music industry as a whole but like you know wasn't into like the whole vanity part of it he wasn't the best looking guy right. in the world he was just like there's no denying that he talent was, man yeah and he was just himself really yeah i mean he's just, he maybe have been a little strange to some people <laughs> that's just him just being himself dude and that's the thing with the music it shows in his music just putting out yeah all kinds of different things and you know just being diverse i mean that's what i I think a musician should aspire to be. You shouldn't just want to do one thing and stick to it. And that's like we were talking about Sturgill. He's he's got that same outlook. And we were talking going all the way back to Johnny Cooper earlier, talking to one of the you know the first inspiring things that inspired me to do music was seeing him. Yeah, and I got to play a couple of acoustic gigs, song swaps with him. Yeah, and that when we got done, I, I told him this story about seeing him at Texas Mardi Gras, and you know he was like telling me, "Man, that is so awesome to hear." You know, and he's just like. Yeah, he was like, "Dude, don't ever, don't ever settle for doing one thing. You know, do what you want to do. Don't ever let anyone tell you it's wrong." And it was just, you know, and he kind of has lost. It seems like lost some of his fan base, you know, because he kind of changed his style a little bit. But he's doing what he loves. He's that's what he's telling me: do what you love. Yep. 
put out whatever you know if you want to try something new try it do it man. yeah and just that's that, awesome man. yeah and stick to your, just do what you want to do and that doesn't matter that's the thing with me dude i'm not i'm not in it for attention or fame or money or i mean it would be nice to make money doing it but that's not why i want to do it yeah, yeah that, i mean that's a maybe plus. originally there were some things that like that you know i want to have played big concerts in front of a bunch of girls and make a lot of money <laughs> yeah, and tour yeah. and go you know party with everyone but that's all changed dude i feel like i've grown up a little bit and that none of that is really important at all i just want to be happy and make music that is genuine and you know comes from the heart and maybe can speak to someone and help someone or relate to someone or well brother you can already check that off your list you got two albums that i guarantee you there's hundreds upon you know like more than that people around here that can sing every word back to you for sure and that's not me being your friend that's being truthful but like something else that i I don't even know if i've ever told you this but you opened up for uh, a band recently uh giovanni and the hired guns they're one of my current Mm -hmm. favorites man that that dude has got a hell of a voice on him i almost wore my geo and the guns t-shirt hey there you go i got two in the closet right now fanboy no he he uh i was talking to him after um one of his sets and he was hanging out over the side, and I think he went up there for, you know, like, time filler or something like that afterwards. And uh, we were just talking, and he asked me, you know, thanks for coming out, whatever. How how'd you hear about me? And I was just telling him, and I was like, but I'm, you know, honestly, that's my boy Preston up there. And he was like, to note back to what you said earlier, how, like, you really think that you're good at, like, you know, songwriting and stuff and the vocals and all that come along with it. But, like, you feel like you put stuff on paper really well. That's the first thing he said about you. He was like, man, that motherfucker can... He goes, he's got some talent. He goes, that he goes, that guy is a songwriter if I've ever seen one. You need to tell him not to stop. I mean, he he, he don't know me from Adam. He's just talking awesome, to me. Dude. So, I mean, that guy. And then he literally was, the next day he signed to Red 11. Yeah, dude. I like, saw that. I was like, heck yeah. For like, sure. Dude, and yeah, he was, from the time he got there, you know, my little brother had his whole crew there, all his buddies, and they have all seen him before, I guess, and met him and stuff. And they were all, you know, talking to him. What's up, dude, bro? And, yeah, know, he came to every one of them and shook their hand and talked to him and sat there and BSed with everyone all night. Let you use his yeah, setup, right? Freaking dude. Yeah, let me. I don't know. Yeah, let me use their sound guy, their sound equipment. That's I just so plugged in and played. and That kind of stuff yeah, goes a long dude, way. It does, man. They didn't have to do that. He didn't have to be cool with everyone. He could have just walked up, you know, like jetted out and yeah. deuced out and see y'all. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. All right, so one final thing before we wrap this up. Never asked you this before, putting you on the spot. What is your, like, your, if you had the opportunity to open slash play on stage with somebody right now that is alive, like like a current, like, touring act or something, who would you pick? Man, that is... That's a tough one because... You've already checked off the William yeah, Clark Green and the some, Mike Ryans. So. Yeah, some that I would pick are, like way too above my level that I couldn't jam with come on now I mean like this is this is your best case scenario hypothetically speaking you get up there with J. Cole I'll get up get on the turntable I started out rapping that was my first oh yeah and hopefully nobody (laughs) has any of those recordings some pea sizzle yeah it was actually what was my oh my gosh this is news to me P. Will Actually, P will. Yep, P will. Nice. Somebody called me the future, but <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, yeah, that's a very tough question. Because I could say, like, Blackberry Smoke. Dude. Because that's one of the most solid live bands. I haven't even seen them live just from YouTube live videos. Like, that is... I, I dream of having a band like that. They sound is better probably better live than they do that's very true like that's I told you Sturgill's the best concert I've ever been to Blackberry Smoke was a very close second man they sold out Billy Bob's that was like they were like Charlie Starr played six different guitars that night oh yeah (laughs) like what he's a G on the guitar dude yeah that's what I'm saying it would be very I don't know if I could do it but that would be awesome if I could hell yeah if if I could find it in me to 
get up there and just let it loose, you know, and just. You'd have to grow that hair back out to I fit would, in with them, man. Know. And I want to, dude. I'm about to just let it go. Hey, um, send it. Yeah, I don't know, man. That's I, a good choice, man. Blackberry yeah. smoke, because that fits right up your alley, like that soulful Southern blues. Yeah. There you go, man. Because they, man, their music is. Let's roll with that. Yeah, that's a great choice. Thank you. Yeah, no doubt, man. All right, man. So we've been doing this for about an hour or so. I guess we're kind of reaching somewhat nice. of a stopping point. Um, I haven't had a chance or given you a chance to shout anything out, but um, you, uh, your, your music is still what is on. Uh, is it PrestonScottMusic.com? That's it, man. I, I need to update it a little bit. It's it, that is my news. Like we had the PrestonScottBand.com, but I made a new website, PrestonScottMusic.com, and got my, some of my most current like youtube videos and one of i think one of the ep songs on there and all the links to my music and stuff and social media so yeah that's where there you direct go. you everywhere all right guys so prestonscottmusic.com go like comment subscribe follow my boy on everything and uh if you don't you know if you can't remember that just look on all my socials i'm always blowing them up you know that's my boy so any kind of local stuff he does or anything outside of the ordinary you will be updated but Man, just want to say thank you a lot for coming by. I had a lot of fun. I'm glad we finally lined up, and thank I'm you. excited to see where Peace Scott goes in the future. Oh, yeah. Thank you for having me, man. Yes, sir. All right, guys. Thank you all for listening. Peace.